0: going on everybody welcome back to another episode of breaking the goal line podcast i am your host russell goddard and we have just finished an absolutely wild week 15 got extended to tuesday two games on tuesday two games on monday full slate on sunday had a game on saturday just a loaded week 15 a lot happened the afc is just absolutely jumbled uh, we had a scenario where one team, if they would have won, would be first in the division. Now they're last in 12th seed. Talking about the Browns, obviously. Sucks for them. Uh, the AFC is crazy. The NFC is top-heavy, but we had some major, major losses in those top-heavy groups. Uh, that's going to shake up. But the Rams win, putting the pressure on the Cardinals. Lots of things happening down the stretch. Lots of things to get into. Uh, we need a little stuff about you know, Chris, uh, Chris Godwin. Torres ACL out for the season. That is a huge blow for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll get into that. Uh, Daniel Jones, he's out for the season. I I know it's like, I know he's been out like the last four games, Uh, but we'll get in a little bit of Daniel Jones and the Giants here. Uh, I talked about this a little bit, uh, a little, you know, I don't know, about a month ago, they're going to have to blow it up. And I'm going to go a little bit more into that. So all that and much more. But before we do go ahead and subscribe, give me a follow. Give me a like, if you listen on Apple iTunes, leave me a review. Look, and if you don't have Apple iTunes and you want to leave me a review, slide into those DMs. Russell underscore Goddard 55 is the Instagram handle. Leave me a question, a comment, a review, a concern. Tell me you hate me. Tell me you love me. Uh, tell me you never listen to the show again. Tell me you listen all the time. Don't tell me anything at all. Just go ahead and leave me a review. That's fine. You know, just go ahead. Give me a subscribe, no problem, no worries, I'm glad you're here, I'm glad you listen to the show, glad to be heard, happy holidays to everybody, probably gonna be my only podcast of the week, uh, you know, we got Christmas right around the corner, uh, New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve is, what, Friday, so <laughs> Christmas, Saturday, lots of stuff going on, this might be the only part of the week, uh, you know, I might put out another one this weekend, but probably just gonna be this one, but let's just go ahead, get through it, enough of that, let's get in this week 15 action. And where I actually want to start, st- 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 what am I from, Boston stat, I want to stat, where I want to start is actually the Sunday night football game right off the top here, Saints going to Tampa Bay, and uh, I think we all know, obviously, we all know what happened now, uh, 9 nothing shut out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Saints defense did. First shutout for Tom Brady since 2006. I, I mean, damn, that was a whole other different Brady that was a whole different Hall of Fame career. He's had two different Hall of Fame careers since 2006. It's, it's nuts. This Saints, Cam, I think Cam, jo- uh, yeah, Cam got 100 100 sacks. He had three on the night, I think. 100 career sacks. Only him and one other player in the history of that franchise have 100 sacks. So congratulations to Cam. He's a fantastic player. Just a fantastic football player. And he is the energy of that defense. He keeps him going. And Cam Jordan's just a fucking monster. And in this game, they lost Evans, the Buccaneers, by the way. They lost Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette in what seemed like three back-to-back plays. Now, it wasn't. It was Evans, Godwin got hurt, and two plays later, it was Evans. Then the next series, it was Leonard Fournette. Uh, But they were all gone by halftime, all of them. And they're all out of the game by halftime for the rest of the game. Evans, Godwin, and Lenny Fournette. That's That's huge. That is gigantic. Now, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, their day-to-day. Now, Leonard Fournette, he might be out a couple weeks here. Mike Evans looking like he's going to be able to push back, play through the season. That's big. He might miss this week. But that it's big that, that he's, he's going to be, you know, should be okay. Leonard Fournette, not so much. He might be out the rest of the season. You know, could be out at least the next two weeks. They went and signed Le'Veon Bell to re-up that uh, running back depth because they need it. Yeah, I mean they got Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. They were going on that one-two punch. Don't have much other than that. Now with the loss of Evans, maybe for a week, maybe two, maybe they sit him. I mean, look, the Buccaneers did they just lost this football game and now they're ten and four. But they finished Panthers, Jets, Panthers, folks. Panthers, Jets, Panthers, folks. I mean, let's come on. Uh, like they, they got three get right games here against teams that mm, shouldn't beat them. But I mean, one of the Panthers can jump up and get one of those ones. So even they go, they they go two and one you are not losing to the Jets, folks. They go two and one. Okay, well, you got 12 wins. You're gonna make the playoffs, you're gonna win your division, you're gonna you're gonna host a wild card game. But the number one seed now is out of question for the Buccaneers, I think. Because I don't know if Green Bay loses another football game. I talked about this last week. But losing Evans, losing Godwin, losing Leonard Fournette is gigantic for Tom Brady in this offense with a defense that's starting starting to click a little bit. You know, we, we see them getting healthy. They're getting there. Their pass rush is there. Their run, their, their run defense is fantastic. You have to beat the Bucs throwing the football. Obviously, the Saints can't really throw, like, Taysom Hill. That's why they only put up nine points. <laughs> they, nine to nothing, though. I mean, what a boring fucking a football game. But this is a huge loss. Tom Brady needs to be surrounded with a cast right now. He's 44 years old, folks. Now he can still sling it. He still has the best mind in football. He, he, can do, he can, He's still Tom Brady. He's still the GOAT. He's still great. But look, he's, it's not like he's, he can't win a Super Bowl throwing a fucking Scotty Miller, Antonio Brown, and Gronkowski. It's just not going to happen. Antonio Brown's not going to be able to carry a team right now. Mike Evans is coming back, but Godwin's out for the year with a torn ACL. Out for the year. Now, they might get Lenny back for the playoffs, and maybe he's playoff Lenny. Sure, that would definitely help ensure things up. But the loss of Chris Godwin, folks, I do not think you realize how big of a loss this is. How huge of a loss this is. I would compare this loss to the Robert Woods loss for the Rams, but just, just honestly, a little bit bigger. It's a little bit worse of a loss. Robert Woods was a huge loss for the Rams. Now, fortunately, they made a trade for Odell Beckham. He's their deep guy. He's caught three touchdowns in five games. I think defenses are starting to shift over to him. It opens things up for the run game and McVeigh and, and Stafford, and that's good. Well, they don't, they, you know, Scotty Miller is not going to Odell Beckham. He's not going to put the fucking fear of God in the secondary for burning them. He's not going to do that. Just just namesake alone, Odell Beckham can, you know, make safeties tighten up a little bit. okay? Scotty Miller doesn't do that. And Chris Godwin plays a very specific role in this offense, in this Bruce Arians offense that we have seen since the Heinz Ward, Ward days. We've seen Heinz Ward, Larry Fitzgerald, and now Chris Godwin play this Versatile slot blocking wide receiver. You will do all the dirty work. Heinz Ward, Larry, and Chris. You will do all the dirty work. You will block on sweeps. You will you you, on counters. You're going to crack down. You are going to be the decoy, but I am going to get you the football all the time. And that's why Godwin had 90 95 catches. Chris Godwin has 95 catches, six touchdowns, and a thousand over a thousand yards this year. I didn't realize how productive he was because when you look at this, when you watch his Buccaneers team, Chris Godwin does a lot of the dirty work. Just like when you watched Bruce Arians, when he was with the Cardinals, he moved Larry Fitzgerald, one of the greatest wide receivers in the history of this league. One of the best route runners, one of the best hands, if not the best hands to ever play this game, moved him into the slot and told him, Hey, you're going to block. But you're also gonna go 110 for a buck for a buck 20, which is a th- hundred, one thousand, over a thousand yards. Sorry, I said a buck 20. And well, what do you have that year? Ten touchdowns. Bruce Arians' first year. It was insane. He had like a buck 10 over a th- over 1,200 yards and ten touchdowns. Larry did. Go look at Heinz Ward when when Bruce finally became in there. Heinz Ward became that role and was dominant. Was dominant in that position. Over a hundred catches, thousand yards. I mean, we're talking eight to ten touchdowns. These are the dirty work guys for this Bruce Arians offense. These guys, they do everything. They're gonna, they're gonna lead your team in catches more than likely, but they're also gonna be like fourth in the league with pancake blocks on your team, right? They're gonna have more pancake blocks. They're gonna have more crackdowns. They're gonna have more just explosive blocks. And some of your offensive linemen. These dudes, the, Chris Godwin is a huge loss for Tom Brady, who just started getting in this system. We learned it last year doing it all. He is a big, big big thing. Where Chris Godwin goes, the play goes a lot of the time. They do not have another Chris Godwin on this team. They do not have someone that can fill in this role. Mike Evans can't do it. They need him on the outside. Antonio Brown is too small, too frail, and he won't block. Gronkowski, he's the tight end. He already blocks. He's not splitting out. This is a big loss, folks, for this offense, how this offense works. For somebody who watched Bruce Arians for five years in Arizona, Right, went to an NFC Championship game, multiple playoff runs, division titles. Seen how this th- this works. Watched it in in Pittsburgh. Saw how it worked with Heinz Ward. I'm telling you right now, this is a massive blow. This is a massive blow for this offense. Now, can Tom Brady overcome? Sure, because it's Tom Brady, right? Could Carson Wentz? I mean, sorry, could Carson Palmer have overcome? Larry Fitzgerald, if he would have went down on their NFC Championship run when they lost to the fucking Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton, no, I don't think so. I don't think Carson would have been able to overcome Larry not being in that offense. I don't think Ben, at that age, would have been able to overcome Hines Ward in that offense. Now, we're talking an earlier Ben, obviously, who was good, but still a little immature, threw a lot of interceptions. Hines Ward was a safety blanket a lot of time, made that offense run a lot. Steeler fans, you know what I'm talking about, Okay. Chris Godwin is the engine for this offense. And if Leonard, if Lenny's not going to be there, if Mike Evans is, is banged up, this team is in trouble. This team is in trouble. And if the Saints, who somehow are 7-7, seven and seven, be able to squeak into the seventh seed in the NFC, who, let me tell you, folks, nine wins is going to beat that seventh seed. Because the Eagles are 7-7. Seven seven, the Saints are 7-7. Seven and seven. Washington, six and eight. The Vikings are seven and seven. You know, uh, we, we, we're looking at the fourth and I mean the fifth and sixth seed. Those are going to be the Rams and the Niners more than likely. Uh, ten and four and eight and six. Shit, the Cardinals could even fall to one of those if the Rams end up winning the division. But if you look at the NFC, six and eight, six and eight, seven and seven, seven and seven, seven and seven, eight and six. Yeah, it's nine and seven. I mean, nine wins can win this easily, get the seventh seed. The Vikings, seven and seven. Are they going to win out? No, they got the Rams this week. That's a tough match. They still got to play the Packers, the Eagles. They got the Giants this week. I think they got uh, they have Washington again. They got some divisional matchups. The Saints, they got the Dolphins this week. It's, I don't know, but if the Saints are able to squeak in and get that seventh spot, uh, if I'm Tampa Bay, I want I want the third seed. <laughs> I do not want the second seed because I would not want to see that logo at home when I just got shut out the last time I played you. And now I don't have Chris Godwin. And I know they beat him in the playoffs last year. But look, this is a new year. And now the Saints have swept them again. And I'm sorry. I'm Tampa Bay. Last year, I was fine facing you. This year, I'm not. I am just not. No Godwin. Maybe no Lenny. Evans is banged up. If I got to see the Saints in the first round, and I limp in by beating the Panthers beating the Jets and then losing to the Panthers last week of the season. I, I'm, I'm the Buccaneers and I'm limping in and then I got to face the Saints again. That's a tough matchup. That is a tough matchup. Good win for the Saints. Taysom Hill obviously is not a guy. Let's let's be real, folks. Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. Now, he's a weapon, but he's not a quarterback, right? <laughs> what an absolute sleeper of a game, though. I, 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 I almost fell asleep multiple times. This game sucked. The best part about this game was Tom Brady getting mad at at the end of the game, and shattering his iPad or whatever it is. Nine to nothing. Nine to nothing. The Bucks just got steamrolled. Steamrolled. They didn't have a chance. I don't even know how. I think they only ran like four plays out on the other side of the 50. It was terrible. It was like that Alabama Notre Dame football game. What was it, like uh, 2013 national championship? Horrible. Horrible. Notre Dame ran four plays on the other side of the 50. They didn't get a first down until the fourth quarter. Fuck. Awful. This football game is sleeper, and the Saints came out, and they're not afraid of Tom, and they're not afraid of the, the defending Super Bowl champions, and they're going to punch him in the fucking mouth every time they play him. All right. Well, let's work our way from Sunday night, and let's just head over to Monday. We'll talk about the two Monday games. Yes, there was two. Uh, they got the Raiders and Browns game that was supposed to be on Saturday with the Patriots game, Patriots and Colts, which, by the way, I, you know, Colts minus two, had that all the way. Easy spot for the Colts. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Raiders and Browns. Raiders going to Cleveland. And no Case Keenum. He's got the COVID. Baker Mayfield was very hopeful. The Browns were hopeful that Monday that he was going to be able to play. That was a big negatory. Big negatory. He still had the vid. So, Nick Mullins. Nick freaking Mullins. Who spent his last, I don't know, what was it three, four years on the San Francisco 49ers, um, had a couple of good games with Kyle, cause Kyle's the man, and he 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 just knows how to use his quarterbacks right. And you know Mullins is a Mullins is a third string guy, you know maybe a low level two guy, a guy that can come in step in for for a game or a half for you, and and you know be be productive, not turn the ball over. He's not gonna do anything super flashy. But I had to watch Nick Mullins in this horrible Raiders team right now on Monday. And Raiders started off fasting. Well, they were up 10-0 at halftime. And it was kind of just a snooze fest. It was a snooze fest with Nick fucking Mullins. And then, what do you know, the Raiders who just, you know, they're not that good. They, they just, they lack a certain pizzazz. the just finishing drive, a, char- a competitive character right now. And look, I don't blame them. With all the shit that's going on this year, I don't blame them. But they got to win here. They got a win after the Browns and Case Keenum. Sorry, I said Case Keenum. I met Nick Mullins. I wish it was Case Keenum. After Nick Mullins, they kind of came a comeback. They took the lead 14-13 with like four minutes to go in this football game. We're talking a a 10-0 halftime, an absolute snooze fest. And then all of a sudden you look up, the Browns are up 14-13. And they had a chance because they picked Derek Carr off with like just under three minutes to go. This game should have been over. The Browns should have won this football game. They should have just milked the clock away, but but they hand off Chubb, hand off Chubb, needed Mullins to make a throw. He couldn't make it. So you punt it away, and what happens? You give the ball back to Derek Carr. He makes a couple big throws, sets up a 48 yarder, game over. You lose, Browns. That's how the Browns lose. It's exactly how the Browns lose. You're down the whole game. Somehow you get a lead, then you get the ball back with under three minutes. In pretty good field position, and you can't even can't even get a field goal. They can't even salt away any time. I think they only wasted like 30 seconds. Hand off to Chubb, hand off to Chubb, incomplete, terrible pass by Mullins, punt. That's what it was that last. After an interception on Carr, they were up one. You picked off you picked off Derek, and you couldn't hold the win. You now Stefanski wasn't there, and Baker wasn't there. Now if those two guys are there, do the Browns win? Maybe, but maybe not. What has Baker really done this year to show you that he could have stepped into this football game and won it? Because I would have said that Nick Mullins was exactly Baker Mayfield this year. He's been very, very, very underwhelmed. He, he really has. He's been disappointing. He's underwhelmed superiorly. It's been bad. I, I mean, bad. We, we uh, There was so much expectations on Baker coming in this year. And now he can't even play because he's got the COVID. And I get it. You know, protocols. But hey, buddy. Was your head coach tweeting nonstop during the game? Oh no, that was you, Baker. That was this is my problem with Baker Mayfield. Why the fuck are you tweeting during the game? Get in your basement, watch the football game. You don't need to tweet. You're tweeting this nonsense bullshit. You're this is this is my problem with Baker. He's a me guy. He's not on the team, but he's got to tweet because he needs to let everybody in the world know that he's watching his Browns. Don't you think we fucking know that you're watching your team, dude? Don't you think we know that Kevin Stefanski has his base is in his basement door locked so nobody can come down and bother him while he watches his team try to win a football game? That's what you should be doing. What are you doing? You're probably there with like seventeen other people having a party, barely watching the game and just fucking tweeting about it, dude. Are you kidding me? And they kept showing the tweets during the game like it was something special or something. Like, guys, did you see Baker's tweet about Nick Mullins? Oh my God, we gotta throw it on the screen. Are you fucking serious? This was ridiculous. I, I, I mean, if I'm Kevin Stefanski, I saw that shit, I'd call him back, like, dude, get the fuck off your phone. Get off the tweets. Watch this football game. Cause we need to, we're trying to make the, we're trying to win this division, okay? So w- watch this game and tell me on Monday when we get together what the fuck we can do better. Instead of tweeting, unbelievable. Baker Mayfield is ridiculous, people. He is ridiculous. And your team is no good. And now the Browns, who had a chance at this football game because the Raiders led them, could have had a chance to be in first place in the division. As of today, right now, December 22nd at 7.10 a.m., they could be first place in the division. Instead, they are last place in the division. Instead of being the fourth overall seed right now, they are the 12th. Overall seed in six and eight, <laughs> uh, or whatever they are, it, it, not not in playoff contention anymore. They're just not. They have a two full. The Bengals have two full game lead on them now. Uh, well, they're seven and seven, right? So the Bengals have a game and a half lead on them. I guess they did beat the Bengals, so I guess it is only. Well, they have two less losses, so a game and a half. I just don't see how the, the Browns are not going to make it. The Dolphins are seven and seven. The Raiders who beat them are seven and seven. The Steelers, seven and six after seven, six and one. I mean, not seven and six. Let's seven, six and one because they did have the tie with the Lions, which I guess I can't talk shit as a Cardinals fan. Just got their ass kicked by 18 against them. But seven, six and one are the Steelers. And they're right there at the nine seed. And, and they, I, I don't think they play the Browns again. They beat them. The Ravens, they have a chance to not make the playoffs. This AFC North is insane. insane. It is insane. The Bengals 8-6. The Ravens eight-and six. The Steelers seven, six, and one. And the Browns are seven and seven. They're right there. This in the AFC West, and this is a little closer than the AFC West. Definitely a little like jumbled up together. I mean, you have two teams, it's three teams at seven wins. One team, well, two teams at seven wins, two teams at eight wins. Fuck. The Browns, though, they had a shot at this game. They couldn't get it done. And I don't want to hear if Stefanski was there, you would have won. Well, you beat the Steelers last year in the playoff game without Kevin Stefanski. You beat the Steelers in a playoff game without your head coach. You're telling me you can't beat the Raiders at home? <laughs> oh, but Baker wasn't there. Okay, but you won a game without Baker this year with Case Keenum. And has Baker even been that good? I know Case Keenum wasn't playing, but fuck, something like Nick Mullins is that far off of me than one of these dudes. Let's be real. Let's be real here, Browns fans. And when you look up, when you look up and you look at the Raiders, it's like, holy shit, they're 7-7, seven and seven and they're not completely dead. They're not. They're in it. For a team that's had their struggles, the ups and downs emotionally all year, that couldn't really get it done. Their defense hasn't been great. They've given up late touchdowns. They haven't been able to, to finish games. And you look up, and they're 7-7 seven and seven and can make a wild card in the AFC. That is nuts. I mean, I'm rooting for Derek Carr. I really am. I don't. I don't see how this team is good enough though to to make a playoff push. They're just not. There's no way the Browns should have been in that game. That game should have finished 17 to nothing, 17 to three, 17 to ten, but it didn't. It finished 16 to 13, and, and, or 16 to 14, and that's not how it should have been. The Raiders. They can't close football games. They're not a good enough team. I, I think the Dolphins might be better than they are. Think this I take the Steelers over them. I take the Ravens over them. I take the Bills over them. Fuck, I might even take the Broncos over them. I, I wouldn't take the Browns over them. I take I ta- I'd take some teams over them. It's gonna be the Chargers, the Colts, you know, the Bengals. I take all those teams, those potential wild card teams, all of them, because they're not gonna win the division, obviously. Kansas City's 10-4. I take all of them over the Raiders. I just don't think they're gonna be able to squeeze it in. And let's go to the other game. We talked about the other game on Monday night, the actual Monday night game, Vikings and Chicago taking on the Bears and kind of a similar story. What we thought was going to happen from the first game, but didn't Vikings went up 10 nothing early. You know, Bears finally had some life on a good drive right before the half. Uh, they get three and then they went and picked off cousins to see if they can get some more points and couldn't get it done. And it was 10-3 at halftime, and that's pretty much how the game finished. 17-3, Vikings scored one more time. The game was done. It was over. 17-3. But this game didn't feel like 17-3. That final score did not feel like that. And it didn't even feel like it was 10-3 at halftime. It felt like this football game was tied for a majority of the game. I mean, even when they went up 17-3, it felt like it was tied. It felt like maybe they only had a one score lead. The Vikings are not a very good football team, folks. They are not. The Bears picked off Cousins. Cousins threw the worst interception I have ever seen in my life. I have There was absolutely nobody there. And if it was a miscommunication with the wide receiver, it was the biggest miscommunication I've ever seen because he overthrew him by 25 yards right into the hand of the safety who caught it like a punt. It, it was It was the worst pick I've ever seen. And then the Bears couldn't score. Because the Bears are terrible. Because Matt Nagy can't get anything going. Because Justin Fields, while he has a lot of talent, doesn't the, the, the team's just not good. Their offensive line is terrible. You know, Allen Robinson, him, just can't get on the same page. He wasn't even playing last night. Or the other, uh, yeah, last night. Whatever, whatever night. It, I don't know what day of the week it is now. Wednesday? So Monday night. You know, Darnell Mooney's coming like he's a good uh Montgomery's a good player. Cole Clement's a good player. Right? But they're fucking forcing fade routes in the end zone to Jimmy... Graham uh, to Jimmy, uh, it's not 2011, it's not 2013, okay, where he's got Drew Brees and Jimmy Graham goes for like 17 touchdowns in each of those years or whatever it was when he was with Drew, it's not, it's 2021, he's like 40 years old, you're throwing fade routes, fade routes against Patrick Peterson to Jimmy Graham in the end zone. Instead of just handing the football off to Montgomery or letting Justin Fields make a play, you're trying to throw fucking fades to Patrick Peterson, one of, the, one of the best single cover corners in the last decade in the league? You're trying to throw fades to Jimmy Graham? Horrible. I thought the Bears were bad, but I thought the Vikings were worse. The Vikings were the worst team on the field, and they won the football game 17-3. to The Vikings were the worst team on the field. And they and the other team only put up three points. Imagine that. Imagine that. They clearly are. And to me, this just is just Zimmer just needs to be fired. They, he needs to be fired. Now I know the Vikings are right in it for a playoff spot. I get it. They're still in the hunt to get this to get like seventh seed in in, in the play. I get it. I understand. But Zimmer's gotta go. This team can't finish. And Kirk Cousins is just a guy. He is just a dude. I know he's had a really good season. He's thrown touchdowns, a lot of yards. I get it. He's made some plays. But at the end of the day, he is just a dude. He is just a dude. If you if you t- if you you take Heineke and Cousins, the only difference is that Cousins is probably 15%, maybe 10% better than Heineke. That's it. They're both just guys in this league. And you know what? There's a lot of just guys in this league. And Trent Dilfer was just a dude. He won a fucking Super Bowl. So it's not like you can't win a Super Bowl, right? If you're just a guy at quarterback. But Kirk is just a guy. And he can't make the plays. He doesn't have a finishing winning factor to him. He can throw a good football, right? He's got some pocket presence. He's not he's not athletic at all, but he doesn't need to be. He's got fucking Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, uh uh that tight end Coughlin, Adam Thielen. Dude's got studs all around him. And he's just a dude. He's just a dude. Imagine if Aaron Rodgers or, or Patrick Mahomes or, or, you know, Russell Wilson, any of these guys were in this Vikings offense with Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Coughlin. Uh, it would, they would not put up 17 points against the Bears defense, who was absolutely riddled with COVID. I, they, they were playing rookies and second-year players they, they, they were playing guys who had barely taken a snap in this league, and they only scored 17 points, and they scored 10 points in the first half. Kirk Cousins was horrendous. He had less than a he had less than 200 yards passing. I actually think he had a, what he had like 150 yards passing. He, he, he I, his completion percentage was around the low 60s. He was miserable. He was horrible. He's a dude, and they won this game 17 to three. The Vikings are not a good football team, folks. Newsflash. They are not a good football team. They might make the playoffs. They might be able to squeak in there. But I would not be afraid to play the Minnesota Vikings. Now I know they got they got studs like Cook could go off and Jefferson at any time could go off. I get that. But I'm sitting back and I'm going to take my chances against fucking Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer. I'm going to take my chances against these two dudes who honestly, if I was in the playoffs, if I was one of these top guys, like if I, if I was, you know, the, the Cowboys or, or the Bucks. Or shit, even the Cardinals, I would not look as you as my contemporary. I would not look as you as a playoff team. Not at all. Not in the slightest. Well, let's just keep working our way from Sunday night down and we'll hit the Tuesday games and circle back up and hit the Sunday day games. Got a little more to talk about. I'm getting a little Daniel Jones a little later. Misrock, the the misrockety. That's that's not a word. Uh, but just the absolutely miserable performance the Cardinals put on. Uh, all that to come, folks. But for now, We'll stick with Tuesday games, yesterday's games, last night game. They both came on at 5 o'clock, and now only one was on Fox. And the other one, you have to have direct TV and uh, the Sunday ticket to watch. Uh, so wherever you were, you might not have had a game at all. Uh, but if you lived on the West Coast, chances are you had the Rams and Seahawks game. And then if you lived on the East Coast or if you lived anywhere around Philadelphia, I mean anywhere around that area, probably at least – six, seven states of that surrounding area. Philly's a big market. Plus, they're playing Washington, who that that went all the way over to the Maryland area and all up, to, up to probably New England and all that area. So, a good amount of, you know, pretty much say the West Coast watched the Seahawks and Rams and the East Coast watch the Washington football team against the Eagles. And they were two okay games. So, let's start with Washington against the Eagles. Skins go up pretty early on two turnovers, a wild fucking interception that hit off of Goddard's foot. After he dropped the ball, hit off his foot, and Landon Collins, the dude who's always around the ball, is there, picks it off. They go up 10-0, but then after that, it was that was it. I mean, the Eagles scored 20 unanswered points. They take a 20-10 to lead. You know, Washington tried to come back, but they just couldn't. They just couldn't because Garrett Gilbert was their quarterback yesterday. I, I had no idea uh, that, I guess, Heineke still hurt, but I thought they had Kyle Allen or Whatever his name is, but nope, Garrett Gilbert got the start for him yesterday. Uh, He's 32 years old, from Texas, hook him. Uh, But come on, I I mean, I went from a game where Nick Mullins was playing to Garrett Gilbert's, this is what week 15 give you, folks. This is what the COVID, week 15 sometimes, when you got injuries, obviously COVID wasn't Taylor Heineke, and he was hurt. And they just uh, thought Kyle Allen wasn't good enough, so they went Garrett Gilbert. Injuries late in the season, this is what you give you. On a team that's trying to make the playoffs, Washington rolls out Garrett Gilbert. Couldn't get it done against the Eagles. And they were up 10-0. They really were. And they made it a fourth quarter. The Eagles scored 20 unanswered. They came back, scored a touchdown, made it three points. But at the end of the day, Eagles, they were a little too much. The Eagles, front seven on defense. Their front five on offense is just too much for a lot of teams. And Washington's not bad in their front five. Or front said they're not. They're, they're one of those stout teams, too. The Eagles are just better. The Eagles are better up there. They pushed them around. They were able to run the ball really, really well. And they got the job done. Hertz played a good game. Of course, for him to eclipse the 200-yard mark, which he actually eclipsed the 300-yard mark yesterday, he had to run again for over 100 yards. So, listen, folks. He cannot throw for 2 250. The only way he gets over that is if he has 100 yards. So, his total yards, whenever you see Jalen was watching it with my stepdad last night. Yo, old Jalen threw for 332. I said, no, no, no. Look, that says total yards. Okay, now that's good. I'm not taking anything away from 332 total fucking yards. That's a hell of a productive game for my quarterback, but he's not going to give you that every week. Okay, this is my concerns with Jalen. He has to run. You know what else are my concerns with Jalen? The dude takes hits left and right. Why? Does he think he's Cam Newton? Does he think that he's Tim Tebow and he's just running these guys over? He literally is just going shoulder first, head first, diving in these dudes. Why aren't you sliding? Russell Wilson does not take hits. Kyler Murray does not take hits. You take a lot of hits, buddy. And eventually, it's going to put you out. Got to get the fuck down, Jalen. You got to get down. But the Eagles win. Here come the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. They're on their way to try to get, a seventh, to get the wild card. That seventh spot. A lot of NFC teams battling for that 7th spot. I mean, Washington's one of them. Now, after this loss, Washington's got to go to Dallas to face the Cowboys again. I don't know. Look, if they roll out Garrett Gilbert, I don't think they have a chance. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Garrett. I liked you, Garrett. I enjoyed you at at, at Texas, okay? You know, you seem like a good dude. But come on, Garrett. There's a reason why you only have like 6 starts in this league, man. Okay, I don't want to watch you play the Cowboys. Your team will not have a chance, not one. Uh, Seahawks and Rams, the other game yesterday, is the West Coast game. You know, so uh, it was on my Fox game. But I have the Sunday ticket, folks, so I was able to watch both football games. You know, not trying to brag or anything. I don't pay for it, so I don't give a fuck. But I got the Sunday take, I was able to watch both. It was cool. And I have two TVs, so I wasn't able to flip back and forth. And that's not that's also nice. You know, I've got a little man cave set out in the back. Two TVs and a bar. Can't beat it. Uh, so Rams, Seahawks in L.A. And I actually had the Seahawks winning this game, folks. I thought the Seahawks, in a desperate situation, if they can win out, they can find themselves in that seventh seed. And Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll have never, never lost more than nine games. Well, they have now because they did not win that game last night, folks. The Rams won it. But it was a very, very competitive game, tied at halftime at 3. The Seahawks come out, score a touchdown on their first drive. The Rams then score a touchdown on the next drive. And we kind of just go back and forth, back and forth, until the Rams just kind of took it over and sealed the game off. And Rush just didn't have enough. And you, you can tell that his injury is definitely still affecting him on some throws. He was a little off on some deep balls that he's, normally not off on, but I got to tell you, no Tyler Lockett last night definitely made a difference for this team. DK Metcalf, ladies and gentlemen, is not a number one wide receiver in my opinion. Not right now. Maybe in the future he could be, but DK Metcalf, no way in hell would I pay that dude number one money. No way. No way would I just let him be my number one guy. We all do realize that Tyler Lockett is the better receiver, right? We all realize that Tyler Lockett should be paid more. That Tyler Lockett is more productive. That Tyler Lockett is the better wide receiver. I don't care that DK Metcalf is seven feet tall and runs a fucking four flat. I do not care. I don't care how big he is. I don't care how much he can bench press. I don't care about any of that. Because you want to know what? You can't take the bench press on the field, DK. You know what you can take on the field? Tyler Lockett's elite ability to play football. That's what you can take on the field. You know what you take on the field, DK? A different fucking hairstyle every week. Why do you have to have a different hair color every week? Uh, why? Every game? Every single game you have to have a different hair color? Like, I just get I get a lot of me from DK Metcalf. I get a lot of selfishness. A lot of me, me, me. He's a head case. Did you see him last night? Ramsey completely owned him. I mean, pwned him. Made him look like a punk. Literally. Like a punk, it, 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 Jalen Ramsey, DK Metcalf cannot possibly, in his dreams, beat Jalen Ramsey. It won't happen, and you, should, you saw it last night, and you've seen it every time these two has played since he's got drafted. Has he had a couple? Has he had a game? He has. He's had one good game against the Rams since he's been drafted. Uh, one. Other than that, Ramsey has shut his ass down. He is such a head case. He is. So, that, that, that third quarter. Where, D, where, where Russell Wilson tried to throw that ball over it, it looked like DK beat him, but Jalen Ramsey and even the commentator, oh, DK beat him. No, he didn't. Jalen set him up for it, set him up for it, knocked the ball away, and DK flit, just freaked out. Went to the sidelines, started throwing shit. I get so much Terrell Owens from DK Metcalf, but I don't. I, I can I can get I can take a lot of Terrell Owens, right? You can take that. That's my quarterback. Doing the workout in the front yard, all that shit, all the TO shit. You you, you can handle all that because the dude's a Hall of Famer. Because he's one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the football game. You are not, DK. You are just, you're not. You don't have good hands. And that's okay. Because either the TO, T.O. didn't have great hands. T.O. was just so physically better than everybody else. And so are you, right? You are supposed to be so physically better than everybody else. But you're not making plays, dude. And you're a fucking head case. And you have a different hair color every week. You're not a number one. Russ cannot force you the ball unless Tyler's there. And it, 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 I, I don't think they can, but I would be open to trading DK Metcalf, especially because I don't think Pete's going to be there next year. I think it's done their streak of nine, nine plus straight win seasons is over. The best they can do is eight wins. I think Pete is gone. I think Russ might want to leave. And if I'm Seattle, I'm sitting there and I have this wide receiver who right now has a high market. I might trade him. Why do I need him? I don't need him. There are plenty other DK Metcalfs in the draft. I don't see anything special with him on the field. Uh, Now, clearly... Clearly, he's special as in his athleticism. He really is. He's super fast. He's huge. He's strong. Like, he's everything you need. He's the physique. He's got it all. But when I watch him on the field, I don't see it. I see a very average route runner. I see somebody that cannot make contested catches against great corners. I just don't, I don't, I see someone that's not willing to block. I see someone that is selfish. I see somebody who is a diva wide receiver that I don't need on my outside. I know he's talented. I know he's a stud. I get it. Dude, the dude is one of the most talented physical specimen wide receivers probably since like Calvin fucking Johnson, right? I I get that. But I don't, but there's nothing productive on the field right now. Look at his numbers. Look at his numbers. And look at his numbers when Tyler Lockett doesn't play that's the thing. Go look at, go look at his numbers with Tyler Lockett and go look at his numbers without Tyler Lockett. When DK is forced to be the number one guy, he's not there. He can't, he can't do it. It's too much pressure for him. Scottie Pippen could not be the number one, but he was a fucking great number two, maybe the greatest ever number two, but he couldn't be the number one. We saw it. We all saw it in the documentary, right? He literally quit on his team, literally quit on his team And took the bench instead of going in the game because the play wasn't called for him. That sounds like D.K. Metcalf. I'm sorry, Seattle. You have more than one problem on your hand. You have a lunatic wide receiver. You have a head coach who's a dinosaur when it comes to coaching right now. Comes to how he wants to physically attack the football game, which is wrong currently. He won't get out of his own head. You have a quarterback who is clearly still hurt and honestly might not even want to be there anymore you got a lot of problems, Seattle. you got a lot of problems. And you're going to be lucky if you win another football game. Uh, you'll be lucky to get to eight wins. I, I think seven wins is probably what they're going to get to. Uh, they'll, they'll probably win about two more games. Now, that Cardinals game at the end of the year, that might be that might be a win for them, depending on where it is for the Cardinals. But right now, it's looking like the Cardinals are going to need that win. Uh, so that's going to be tough for them, too. Getting to seven wins for Seattle, that's gonna, getting to seven and nine is going to be hard for Seattle Seahawks. 7 and 9. Think about that. You guys are used to 9, 10, 11, 12 win seasons and you're about to go 7 and 9. All right, let's jump back into Sunday. And I did say 7 and 9 for the Seattle Seahawks. I meant 7 and 10. I just sometimes I forget. About this extra game, it makes it hard. It's the first year, you know. I'm trying to go through. I'm like, wait a minute, yes, yeah, seven and nine. That doesn't. That that's not. That doesn't add up to seventeen. Seven and ten. So seven and ten would just be a horrific record. You go seven and ten. That sounds so much worse than seven and nine. You go seven and ten. You're you get fired as a coach. If you go seven and nine, you might not get fired. You you might go, okay, we're right there on the cusp. But if you go seven and ten, that's double digit losses. That's double-digit losses because because you go seven and ten with the added playoff spot, right? The seventh seed and the added game. You go seven and ten. You don't make the playoffs. It's like fuck, we suck. That's that's honestly you suck. Like your coaches are gonna get fired at seven and ten. They really really are, and it probably the first one is probably gonna be Pete Carroll. So let's see, uh, let's see. Okay, let's jump back into Sunday. Uh, Let's run through some of these early games, got some more highlights, got some more things to touch on here. Uh, So let's jump right out of the gate here with Titans in Pittsburgh and what a football game we had here, folks, because this Pittsburgh offense just couldn't do anything. And it seems like every single week I write the same thing in my notes. This dealer's offense can't move the football. This dealer's offense Slow. The Steelers offense sucks. Ben can't throw. Najee has no room. I write the same thing every single week. Every week, week in and week out about the Steelers. Especially the first half. It's the same thing. Same thing. And they took a little bit to get going. They really couldn't do shit. The Titans were up 13 to 3. After 10 after after the Steelers finally go down there and get a field goal. And you're thinking this whole game, and a lot of Steelers fans are like, okay, look, it's 13 to 3. We're still in it, but man, this is this is not looking good. We're against Tennessee. Our offense cannot move the ball. We have to make a play on defense. We need TJ. We need Mika. That's what I was thinking. I had money on the Steelers in this football game. I didn't think there was no chance in hell that this offense was going to score a touchdown. I, I I just I thought it had to be a turnover in great field position, a pick six, a fumble recovery, a kick return. I thought it had to be something like that. I didn't think his offense was going to get going. And lo and behold, what do the Steelers do? They cause a turnover right after they score a touchdown. They get the ball back, down three, late in the third quarter. The Steelers took the lead by three. You had a team that didn't do shit the entire first half. And all of a sudden, this defense comes out. T.J. Mika, Joe Hayden, company. They make turnover after turnover after turnover after turnover. Four of them. Four of them. Four turnovers to get this team back. Was it? Was it three turnovers in the fourth quarter? I think it was four total turnovers in the second half. And all of a sudden, you look up and the Steelers are up 16 to 13. They've scored 13 unanswered points. Unbelievable. And then they turn over the Titans on the next drive after they take the lead. And they get another field goal and go up 19-13 and win the football game. I've said this countless times on my podcast. Countless times over episodes. Over countless games. A champion and a winner is not won in the first half. A champion wins in the second half. A winner like Mike Tomlin, who is a winner. He wins, ladies and gentlemen. He is not a loser. He is a winner in this league. He's the second active winningest coach in the league. Second behind Bill Belichick. It's insane. He's a fucking winner. You know who else is a winner? Big Ben. I'll say all the shit in the world about Big Ben. I'll tell you, that he just eats cheeseburgers. I'll, I'll, shit, I would love to share a cheeseburger and a beer with Ben Roethlisberger. If you had to ask me one dude that I would just love to share a cheeseburger and a beer with, it'd be Big Ben, Andy Reid, maybe somebody else I'd pick. But when it comes to playing football right now, I give Big Ben more shit than probably anybody else that's not named Baker Mayfield or Aaron Rodgers. I really, really do. But the one thing I have never criticized about Ben is his fact that he's a fucking winner, and he is a Hall of Famer. And I love Mike Tomlin. I think we all know how I feel about Mike Tomlin. I got I got a little I got a little man crush on Mike Tomlin. I have been since he stepped foot as the head coach of that organization. Thought so I've just I've thought he's just done a fantastic job. And for them to be down 13-3 at the half time against a Tennessee Titans team that I know doesn't have Derrick Henry, I know doesn't have A.J. Brown, I know Julio was banged up. We're still we're still looking at a really good coach football team, a good defense that's playing really really well this year. Deontay Foreman, that running back that they got to replace Henry, he's no slouch. Tannehill's still a good quarterback. They're up 13 to three, 13 to three, and they didn't score another fucking point because this Steelers defense is elite, and TJ Watt is elite, and Mika Fitzpatrick is elite, and Joe Hayden's game winning fucking uh, what is it? He stopped the first down. The, the game-winning tackle he made was fantastic. He's he's not elite, but Joe Hinton used to be elite. He's really good. And on this defense, he is elite moments. This Steelers team, if they can squeak in the playoffs, and now they're seven, six, and one. And I say squeak in the playoffs when their division is still up for grabs. I don't see how they could though, because the Ravens and the Bengals have a win on them and they're up a game on them. I, I don't see how they can win the division, but they can make the playoffs. They can make it. 7-6 and 1, they they can I'm not going to say easily. They got the Chiefs this week. That's a tough matchup. And the Dolphins got the Saints, the Raiders got the Broncos, and they're competing for those teams. And Ravens got the Bengals and that's for first place in the NF, in, in the NFC North, AFC North, sorry. The uh, the Ravens and, and um, Bengals this week. Sorry, Ravens and Bengals. That's first place. Steelers play the Chiefs. That's a tough game. That is a really really tough game for the Steelers. But if I'm this Steelers team and I'm feeling my defense like this, if I'm T.J. Watt, if I'm Mika, I go and watch the tape and I go look. This offense for the Chiefs is not the same right now. Mahomes. A little bit of of struggle mode. They're trying to work through some stuff. Now, the past couple of weeks, though, they have started to show some life like their old self. And their defense has played fantastic. And so if you're the Chiefs defense and you're looking at this Steelers offense, you go, okay, well, we we could beat them. They're not going to score many points on us. How about this, folks? What if I tell you that in 2021, the Chiefs Steelers Week 16 matchup. Only had like 20 total points scored in because that could definitely be it. This game might not be that high scoring. I Honestly, I'm probably going to take the under. And it's probably going to be at a higher under just because it is an arrowhead. And I bet the Chiefs are probably favored by four and a half in this football game. I would say four and a half is going to be the line. I haven't looked at it yet, but I think four and a half is probably the line at home for the Chiefs. I just, (laughs) this would be a tough football game for the Steelers to win. But the Steelers can win it because this defense can win any game at any time, and Mike Tomlin is a freaking winner in this league. What a phenomenal win for what a phenomenal win for the Steelers! Just getting right back in it, just getting right when you thought they were out, they pull you right back in. Panthers at Bills, nothing really here to talk about, folks. I said the Panthers. I mean, the Bills needed to win by more than ten. They did. Uh, it wasn't. It now. The Bills still got their struggles. Okay, this game should not have been as close as it was at one point. The Panthers didn't have a field goal kicker, got hurt in, in pregame, so they were going for two, and they converted their first two points. So they it had eight points, and listen, that's 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 kind of eh, You know, if they had their kicker, they go, they'd have seven. You know, they wouldn't have gone for two those, those those many times. That many times it did. I think they scored twice or whatever it was. Bills handled their business. But you still see the Bills are still a little shaky here. But they got to win. And that's all that matters. Because the only thing that matters for the Buffalo Bills right now is winning this fucking division. That's the only thing that matters, is a W. Because a win is a win. We play to win the game. Another team that won, the Texans. They beat the shit out of the Urban meyer list Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer goes, bye-bye. Jacksonville, for whatever reason... Everyone was feeling Jacksonville. They were favored by like four and a half in this football game. Why? Why were they favored? So the line actually went from four. No, the line went from four and a half to six and a half after Urban Meyer got fired. So they were favored by a touchdown in this football game. The Jacksonville Jaguars were. So Vegas literally said that Urban Meyer is so bad that he's actually worth two points if he's not there. It's worth the team two points. That is, I have never seen that. I have never seen a coach get fired in a team gain points. Like, oh yeah, this team is going to win by more. That is insane. That is insane. And the Texans came out and throttled them. Because the Jacksonville Jaguars are the worst team in football. And they have been since day one. The Lions have never been the worst team in football ever. Not one time this year. Has the Detroit Lions been the worst team in football? And I know they only had one win for a while and they had the worst record for a little bit. But just because you had the worst record doesn't mean you're the worst team. Just like just because you had the best record doesn't mean you're the best team. Who are the two teams that held the best record in the league for the longest this year? The Tennessee Titans and the Arizona Cardinals. Both of them lost this week. Both of them are on a skid. Both of them are going to struggle in the playoffs. So just because... Through all this season, you have the worst or the best records doesn't mean you're the best or the worst team. The Jacksonville Jaguars suck. The cons, they suck. They are easily the worst owners in the history of owners in this league. It's not even close. The the closest to the closest one is probably what? The Detroit Lions and the Fords, right? And then the Browns. But the Fords have owned that team for so long that their family has actually experienced some success. They have. And the Browns, that ownership has switched so many times. And what was it? It switched four times in the 90s. Between the between what it was like eight between 1989 and when they when, when they came back into the league and came back into the division, I think their ownership switched like three or four times. So it's just a, you can't even really, it's just a debacle there we're talking about the same owner, the cons, who have owned the Jacksonville Jaguars since day one, suck. They suck. When it comes to putting together a football team, a franchise, a sporting franchise, they are horrific at it. Absolutely terrible. And it, it's time to go. I've already talked about this, but you just fired your coach, who you hired to come in and be the culture saver. To come in and be the guy that was going to take Jacksonville to the top. And he did the exact opposite. He was a cancer in your locker room. He was a cancer to your franchise. And you had to fire him. And then four days later, five days later, you get your ass kicked by the Houston Texans. And you got swept by the Houston Texans this year. You couldn't even split with the Texans this year. Are you kidding me? You are so bad. Your franchise is just in such a debacle. Just just so, just it's full of just misery and despair. It, it really, really is. And if you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan right now, I just have to ask one thing. Why? Why? Why are you loyal to this team that's clearly not loyal to you? They don't care. I, I, I don't care. You cannot honestly tell me. That Sean Conn actually cares about this football team. Because what he's done since 1998, when they, right, when they came in, has been nothing. He has done nothing. He has not been willing to spend the money. He has not been willing to hire the right coach. He has not hired the right general manager. He has done nothing. He wasn't even there for like eight years. He vanished in the mid-2000s. And we didn't even really hear it. He just let his, I think it was like his, uh, like his manager or something, run the team. He didn't give a fuck. He was on like an eight-year vacation in Europe building soccer teams over there. That's what he was doing. And he has three soccer teams over there. Guess what, folks? All of them suck. They're all terrible. Everything this guy puts his hand on that is sports-related just goes up in flames. And it's time for a change at Jacksonville. Uh, Cowboys at Giants. This was not a game. Cowboys handled their business in the Meadowlands against the Giants, who rolled out Mike Glennon. I mean, can can, can we just roll through the quarterbacks? Mike Glennon, Nick Mullins. Uh, uh, Who else? Who was the starter for the – what was it? Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Garrett Gilbert. I mean, some of the quarterbacks that that played this week, this this, goes to show you, you do need good quarterback play. For one, for a game to be exciting, and for two, for one, a football game. Everyone always tells me, so it's not always about the quarterback. Football's a team sport. Yeah. I know that I'm an offensive lineman. I love defensive line. I love defense. I love hitting people. I love, I love interceptions. I love kick returns. Okay. That's the shit that I love, but you know what? The most important position is quarterback. You cannot win a football game successfully. Have a a season, have a successful season, win playoff games, multiple playoffs, not a playoff game, Baker Mayfield playoffs games. You can't win those without a good quarterback. You can't win Super Bowl without a good quarterback. You can tell me Trent Dilfer all you want, but, you're, but go, go talk to that dude right now. Trent Dilfer is one of the most smartest quarterbacks to ever play the game. That's why he does what he does now. He's a coach. He's a coach. He coached high school. just won a national championship, uh, state championship in his high school. The dude is awesome. Now, was he just a guy like, with, with average capabilities? Yes. But, but did he have an elite brain? Yes. The Giants suck. Daniel Jones now is out for the season with a neck injury. Daniel Jones has to have his fifth-year option picked up in this offseason, folks. Let me just break a little news to you. It's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. The Giants are not going to pick up his fifth-year option. If you pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option, you're pretty much guaranteeing Daniel Jones $27 million in his fifth year. Has Daniel Jones done anything in this league to earn him $27 million? Daniel Jones, since he's been in the league, has more turnovers than any other quarterback. Daniel Jones, since he's been in the league, is fifth in the league in fumbles lost. All fumbles lost. And he was first in the league coming into this year. (laughs) He's a turnover machine. The dude turns the ball over left and right. And he doesn't throw enough touchdowns. And he's not a good enough player. The Giants gotta blow that shit up too, just like the Jags do. (laughs) Okay, let's get into the absolute ass-kicking of the day. Just the absolute ass-kicking of the day was the Arizona Cardinals traveling to Detroit. And yeah, that's right, folks. We got the 10-3 and Cardinals going into the pathetic Lions. You know this is going to be an ass-kicking. And that's right, it was. Cliff Kingsbury, bend you over, buddy, because Dan Campbell just fucked you up. It wasn't even close. It it literally looked like a bar fight. If you would have put Dan Campbell... Just just drunk Dan Campbell, put him in a bar with drunk Cliff Kingsbury, and just have these two go at it. Cliff Kingsbury, you wouldn't even see his beautiful face anymore. It'd be punched the fuck in. It would be indented. He might kill the dude. And that's what happened on the field. Dan Campbell strangled and beat the shit out of Cliff Kingsbury. This team came out and beat the fuck. It was, it was pathetic. An absolutely pathetic performance from what's supposed to be one of the best teams in the NFL. Right? Top five in offense, top five in defense. Where the hell was it? Jared Goff looked like Tom Brady. He really did. Jared Goff made a throw that looked like Aaron Rodgers in that football game. The one where he stepped up in the pocket and he did like the little, you know, when Aaron Rodgers kind of steps up, you know, he's going to throw like a, a deep ball strike, not going to float it. Just, and he does that kind of like little forward kind of like jump. Jared Goff did that, hit the dude in fucking stride for six. What the hell was going on in Detroit? Dan Campbell's what's going on in Detroit, folks. That's what's going on in Detroit. Cliff Kingsbury is soft. This this team is soft. And I was waiting for it to happen. I was just sitting and waiting as a Cardinals fan. All right, when's it going to happen? When's a soft game coming? Because it's going to come. And when it does, there's a chance for the Cardinals to take a nosedive. That's what's happened. That's what happened last year. Okay? They got their ass kicked. I mean, just destroyed. At the, at, after their bye at the second half of the season, and they pretty much didn't win a game for the rest of the year. Now, they didn't get their ass kicked to the against the Rams. They lost a the game where they're allowed to lose Monday night against a desperate team, the Rams. You know what game you're not allowed to lose? Against the Lions. You're not allowed to lose by 18 points against the Lions after you had just lost... The week before, and you didn't just lose; you lost to a divisional opponent who is now, after their win on Tuesday night, tied with you for the division lead. And you are just gonna let it happen. My thing, uh, like, and I've given Cliff his flowers this year. I really have. I've apologized because I was—I—I've I, been hard on Cliff, been very, very hard on Cliff. I've apologized that he's done a great job. He did a horrific job on Sunday. And absolutely horrible. He got out coached, out played, out out aggressive, out hustled. Everything, everything. His play calling was horrific. The, the the defensive play calling, it was. I was flabbergasted by what the hell they were calling on defense. It, it was insane. It was. I think they. I think they pressured Jared Goff in the first half two times. Two times. It, 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 this team needs J.J. Watt back in a hurry. If J.J. Watt can get back for the playoffs, they need it because this run defense is starting to decline. Rapidly for the Cards. The the, the Lions were just gashing them. Just gashing them. Every fucking run play. 5 yards, 8 yards, 10 yards, 3 yards, 5 yards, 7 yards, 20 yards. They were just gashing them. Jared Goff starting the third quarter was 19-24 for 200 yards and three touchdowns. To start the fourth quarter (laughs) is just an... it, it, It was embarrassing. And the Cardinals should be embarrassed. And now the Cardinals have to face the Indianapolis Colts on Christmas Day. And then they got to go to Dallas. And then they have to finish off with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, it's going to be a hard, hard, hard road for the division title for the Cardinals. It's going to even be a harder road for the playoffs. The Cardinals can slip up and be the fucking sixth seed. They're going to go at one point they were 10-2. and two. And now they might be the sixth seed. Cliff Kingsbury, this is my, his offense, systematically, I do not agree with his offense. I cannot get behind the spread in the NFL. In college, okay. You know, and even in college, I'm not like, I'm not super big on it. I'm not. And it's just me. It's just how I was fundamentally raised to play this game. And and don't, don't get me wrong. You can spread it out every once in a while. But the spread scheme, that's just not me. I don't believe that that works in this league. I don't. I could personally never hire a coach that has a spread offensive scheme. I think that it makes the team soft. I don't think you can. I think you're you're so dependent on big plays. I don't think the run game is there. Although the Cardinals have ran the ball really well this year with James Conner, and now they got Chase Edmonds back. I just, I, I just fundamentally. Disagree with how Cliff Kingsbury systematically puts together his offense, and that that's that's it's it's been my thing since day one. And the spread has worked for some people, you know. Look at Lincoln Riley ran the spread, Mike Leach he ran, ran the spread, you know it works for some guys, but I just don't think it works in the league. It doesn't work in the league. And you know what? There's one thing to run the spread and know how to kind of get out of it and run different plays and just be a good play caller. Cliff doesn't do that. He doesn't. And the Cardinals are looking like a team that can make the playoffs and lose in the first round. Lose a home game in the first round—that would just be—that would I and I, there's no way I can extend Cliff next, last year's the last next year is the last year for Cliff's contract. Usually coaches get signed the offseason going into their last year. There's no way that I could give. There's no way I can re-sign Cliff Kingsbury right now. If they you now if they somehow win a couple playoff games, sure I'll re-sign him. But if they if they don't win the division, get a wild card spot and then lose in the first round. I, 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 there's no way I pay Cliff any money because don't, don't, and I don't, I don't want Cliff to give me on the, well, Oklahoma, you know, they've been looking, shut up. That wasn't real. It was never real. Steve Kime knew it wasn't real. Your contract was never going to be negotiated for more money. Not gonna happen. Cardinals might be in trouble. Uh, Jets and dolphins. Here we go, folks. The dolphins were one in seven, one, in seven through eight weeks of the season and now you look up in their seven and seven they've won six straight and they they they, they kind of handed it to the Jets at the end but this football game was 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 a good football game this was fun one to watch. This was one of the better Sunday games Jets and Dolphins. it really was it got exciting second half was exciting uh, Tua made some plays. The Jets are just not good, but I think what Robert Sala is trying to develop there is working. Their defense is working. Their, their defense looks like they really, really, really want to play. They're playing hard in every play. I just don't think Zach Wilson's the guy, and it's hard to judge. I'm. I, it's rookie quarterbacks. Just don't see a lot good that he does. I, I know he made a couple good plays, but hey, let's let's give it up for the Miami Dolphins here, folks. Seven and seven after starting one and seven have won six straight. Now, I know they've beaten some bad teams, right? But you can only play who's in front of you. And they've, they've been playing good football. Now, if they've beaten these bad teams and they're just barely squeaking them out, it's one thing. They're playing good football. They are. Their turnover di- differential is fantastic. Uh, they're causing turn ter- uh, causing turnover sacks. us playing well. They're scoring touchdowns. They're running the ball well. Th- this Miami team is playing really good football right now. Really good football. And they can, fuck, Dolphins squeak in the playoffs maybe. Maybe squeak in. Nine, ten wins. The AFC is going to take ten wins, though. The AFC is going to take ten wins to make a wild card spot. More than likely. Nine, maybe, but probably ten in the AFC. Let's switch over to the late games. Let's hit that Bengals-Broncos game. Uh, because of the whole, I mean, there was only three late games, six early games on Sunday because of all the COVID thing. They moved some games and shit. A Hawks and nine, uh, Hawks game. All the games, on, the games yesterday were supposed to be on Sunday. So that's all right. That's all right. We'll go Bengals-Broncos here. Uh, Bengals, you know, took the early lead. I think it was nine, three at halftime. Right. And then a really, really, really scary sight when Teddy Bridgewater got knocked out of the football game, it, it, it looked like he just, just, just blew it out. I mean, he kind of dove over the dude. He got the first down, reached up on it, kind of landed weird. It, sh- it looked like his, his like neck went into his shoulder it, and he just was out. Didn't move. Wasn't moving for a while. Really scary for Teddy. He's good. Uh, reports are he's stable, he's fine, he's in concussion protocol, but that was, that was, that was, uh, some moments in football and you go, when the guy, when, when the guy's arms just go limp, like he just got knocked out, like it's a boxing match, you know that it's, it's, uh, it's pretty serious there and they had to take the amount of guys that got knocked out this week and the face mask that got removed, what was it, like three or four dudes that had to be carted off or just, they just got knocked out. Started on the started on Saturday. Oh, started on Thursday night game, actually, right? Ooh, the Steelers guy Perriman. Fuck. Yeah, that was tough. But the Bengals ended up handling business here. Uh 15 to 10 was the final score. The Broncos defense really, really, really played well. Drew Locke had to come in the football game. Drew Locke came in the football game that same drive and scored a touchdown. That same drive, he came in through a touchdown, and uh they took the lead, right? 10 to 10 to 9. And then Joe Burrow comes down, throws a beautiful touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd, 15 to 10. And the Bengals defense was able to hold on. They are able to hold on, keep Drew Lock from not scoring, and they win. And now they're first place in the AFC North. And here come the Bengals. From, from worst to first, looking likely. Falcons Niners, historically, since Kyle Shanahan has been the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, from coming over as the offensive coordinator from the Atlanta Falcons the year after They lost the Super Bowl to Tom Brady after the amazing comeback, the biggest comeback ever in Super Bowl history, one of the probably the best comeback, biggest comebacks in sports history, at least one of them. It's gotta be. I mean, I know Miracle is probably up there, you know. Falcons, Niners, and the Niners took care of business this time. You know, we had the pick at the stick. What was it like five, six years ago? Uh the 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 year that the Niners were the Super Bowl. The Falcons ended up beating them then too. So the Falcons normally have their number here. But the Niners kicked the shit out of them. They kicked the shit out of them. They they fumbled the opening kickoff, the Niners did. Atlanta could not get any points out of it. They went for it on fourth down instead of kicking three. And and big win here for the Niners. Big win here for the Niners. Shoved the ball down their throat. Nick Bosa is an absolute animal. They ran the ball well. Jimmy played well. Debo's a stud. Brandon Ayuk's a stud. I don't want to play this Niners team right now. I don't know anybody that does. And the 49ers, who are they nine and no, so eight and six? They have the sixth seed right now. They have the win over the Vikings, who are the seventh seed at seven and seven. They have a win over the Eagles, who are also seven and seven. They didn't play the Saints, but the Saints are seven and seven. Right? How do the Vikings not at least get the sixth seed? How do they not at least get the sixth seed? It looks like they probably now they would have to lose out. They got the Titans coming up. That's gonna be a tough matchup. I think they'd have to probably go one and two to not get the sixth seed. And right now, how it's looking, if they get the sixth seed, they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They play Niners, Bucks in Tampa. I think that kind of favors the Niners a little bit. It might. That's a tough physical matchup. Now... I'm going to take Tampa Bay in that matchup because I'm going to take the better quarterback. When you got two defenses like this, Jimmy's going to have to be able to throw. Can he throw? I don't know. In a playoff game, we've never really seen it. We've seen him run the football. The One time he did throw in a playoff game, he completely missed. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, wide open for a touchdown to win the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go ahead and trust Tom Brady in that spot. But the Niners, they're a good football team. And Kyle Shanahan is now, after all this shit this year, After all the shit this year, terrible start, losing, people talking about, you know, not him necessarily, but people being fired, you know, to let people go. You look up and here they are, eight and six, the sixth seed, still fighting hard. This Niners team is good. They're scary. They're, they're, they're getting, they're they're trying to stay healthy. Nick Bosa's dominant force. They're a tough team to play. Kyle Shanahan's a real coach. Uh, Packers and, and Ravens, last game on Sunday. Uh, and it was a doozy. Tyler Huntley got the start because Lamar is a no-go with the ankle, and personally, I didn't know if the Ravens had much of a chance. I didn't think they really did. I, I didn't. And Ravens kind of go up 7-0 early. And they 7-0, they looked good, their defense was holding, Tyler looked good, but then the Packers went <laughs> 21 unanswered points. 21-7 to seven at one point. And then here we go. Tyler Huntley, the unanswered drafted free agent out of the University of Utah, Pac-12 guy, and I've seen him play a couple times, and, and I remember him at, at Utah, I never thought Huntley was anything special, I thought he was good, you know, I thought he was running around, he could make some plays, but the fact of the matter that this kid has come in and played really, really well, and not just this start, multiple starts throughout his career, the three years he's been in the league, four years he's been in the league, he's played really, really well, And somehow, some way, the Ravens find a way to get back in this football game. And and, and they're staring at it 31-24. Somehow they're in it, down a score. Huntley runs it in late in the fourth quarter from 12 yards out. There's 42 seconds left on the clock, folks. 42 seconds left. They just scored. It's 31-30. What do you think, John Harbaugh, what do you think this Ravens team's going to do? Two weeks ago against the Steelers, they went for two. They tried a little flat. They tried a little the, – the pass to the flat that was wide open for Andrews. T.J. Watt made a play, made Lamar change his arm direction, couldn't complete the pass. So this week you think, well, they'll kick the field. They'll kick the PAT. They'll give the ball back to Aaron with 42 seconds left. They'll play for overtime. No. No, sir. No, sir. John Hawball went to them, said, what do you want to do? The team, Huntley, Andrews, all of them, let's go for it. And they went for it, and they didn't get it. Again, they went to Mark Andrews in the corner. It was a great defensive play, but they didn't get it. And the Packers win 31-30. And the Packers squeaked out another win. And, and, and look, a win's a win. But how many of these games are the Packers squeaking out? It's not like the Packers are some dominant force, like some dominant team. That is out you killing these teams. Now, they're a good team. They're They're a good team. Right now, they're the best team in the NFC. They're going to get the number one overall seed. They're going to get the bye. It's well-deserved. Aaron Rodgers probably won another MVP. That'll be his fourth. It'll be his first back-to-back. It'll put him in very rare air, and it's probably going to be well-deserved. But they're squeaking out these wins here, and Huntley played fucking fantastic. And, and, and honestly, I don't hate the call. I, I've been hearing all week about how terrible the call was. They should have just kicked it. Why? I mean, Why? You want to kick the PAT and give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers with two timeouts and forty I think he had one timeout and forty-two seconds left. You really want to do that? We saw that we saw the Niners give him the ball back earlier in the year with 42 seconds left and no timeouts, and he won the game. I just when you when you play a guy like this, when you play or when you play Rodgers, when you play Brady, when you play Mahomes, sometimes you just gotta go for the kill. You just do. And John Harbaugh and this team is living up to what they do. And there's not a single person in that locker room that would have told you that they would have rather kicked the PAT, that, that they would have told, in either game, the Steeler or this game. Now they've lost both of those games and it could, and they have a chance to miss the playoffs and it could definitely come back to bite them in the ass. But this is how they're going to live and die. And if that's how you're going to live and die, and I know that as a player in the locker room, let's fucking ride. I will ride with you until I fucking die then. I don't care. If that's how we're going to play, if we're going to close the door on you, if we're going to come back down 21-7 to 7 and march back and tie this game 30, 30 try to, well, well, they couldn't tie it, but pretty much have a chance to win this football game with 42 seconds left after being down 21-7. to 7, If that's how we're going to do it, let's ride, baby. That's what I would say every single time. Every time to John. Every time to everybody. That's what Andrew says. That's what Huntley says. So Lamar says. That's what Patrick Queen says. That's what Marlon Humphreys, who's now on IR, says. All of them. doesn't matter. Every single Ravens player. Now, they need to start winning some football games because they definitely, now they got the Bengals this week. They want to win their division, but you need to make the playoffs because if they lose to the Bengals this week, their chances of making the playoffs, I think it goes to like 20% and it's not going to be easy. And if the Ravens don't make it, after starting the way that they did, it'd be disappointing. But if you look at the Ravens, they just injuries are just they're just riddled with them. This team is not supposed to make the playoffs. They weren't. I mean, what do they have before the season even started? They had three of their main guys out for the rest of the year. During the season, they had two other of their main guys out for the year. Now last week they just lost their other their their best corner. They already lost their best corner before the season. They lost their second corner. So now they're playing with corners that have barely played. I think it's a third and a fourth year dude. The, the, what the, the way that John Harbaugh has been able to put this team together, be able to stay in these games, be able to be eight and six right now, be able to be able to beat the Bengals, be in chance to beat the Bengals and be number one in your division next week after week 16 is absolutely phenomenal. It, it, it's just it, it really does speak, though, how good of a coach this guy is. And he's such an underrated coach. It, 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 I, for whatever reason, he doesn't get the love or the credit that a Mike Tomlin does. Well, he has just as many Super Bowls as Mike Tomlin. If you look at the head-to-head record between John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin, it's pretty much dead even. (laughs) They're the same guy. They're the same coach. Neither one of them calls plays on either side. They're both CEOs, and they're both tremendous. They're both special teams guys. Now, Tomlin is more of a defensive guy, defensive back special teams guy. Harbaugh is pretty much all a special teams guy, but, you know, the dude also played, you know, Played some, played some defensive back. He played a little wide receiver. He played a little quarterback. Dude knows what he's doing. Underrated coach. And I know they didn't get this win, but I would be kind of shocked if the Ravens don't find a way to win the playoffs. I, I would. And you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if it came down to the Steelers or the Ravens for that last spot, and, and they just battle it out. That would be fucking awesome. All righty, folks. I just want to highlight some of the games this next week, Week 16. Uh Thursday night starts Niners Titans. Uh hell of a Thursday night football game there to get, you know, to get the holiday, get the Christmas really going. Niners in going to Tennessee, that is a must win for both teams. Titans are just after the loss to the Steelers, they're trying to keep pace. They want the number 1 seed. They don't want to have to fall down. I I mean, I, I the Colts are coming up. And next thing you know, Titans start losing too much. I know the I know the Titans got two wins on the Colts. But all of a sudden, if you flip it, and the Colts actually end up with one more win than you, which I think would be hard to do, and you end up as a wild card team, that would not be good. Titans must win here. And then we got a couple Christmas Day games: uh, Browns at Packers. Browns off a really short week. I mean, they just played Tuesday. Now they got to play Saturday. Uh, I, I mean, I know ba- Baker's going to be back, yay! But look, you got to go to Lambeau on a Christmas Day at what is it? 3:30 in the afternoon. Probably going to be nice. It might be cold. It might be snowing. I hope it is. I haven't seen the forecast. I just don't I, – I I don't see any way the Browns can come into this – into Lambeau Field and beat this team right now. At, off this short of a week, I don't see it. I do not see it. And in the other Christmas Day game, Colts and Cardinals. And uh, I don't know if there's a bigger, bigger game with implication – bigger implication game than this one. If the Colts win, that would be huge for them especially if Tennessee loses, if Tennessee somehow, the Niners somehow beat them and the Colts win this game and they go to nine and six, they were what? At one point they were two and five, right? They were two and five or whatever it was. And they go to nine and six. They would have the exact same record as the Tennessee Titans. If the Titans lose this game to the Niners, they both would be nine and six. And I know Tennessee's got the tiebreaker on them. But if somehow, like I said, the Colts can 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 get away ten to eleven wins, holy fuck! Can you imagine if the Colts actually win this division? Insane. Must win for the Cardinals here. They gotta get right. Uh, it is a hard game. To me, this Colts Cardinals game, just just looking at it, it has it has a uh, blowout written on it. It has blowout written all over it for the Colts. Jonathan Taylor against this run defense right now was horrendous. Carson Wentz, Michael Pittman Jr. I don't know. I, I look, the cardinals they, they got to come back and punch you in the mouth here. If they do not, if they do not come out fiery, hot, ready to play, then their season's over. It doesn't matter if they win the division, if they don't win the division, they're not going to win a playoff game. If they come out flat, if they come out, we just lost the Lions, now we got to play the Colts. Let's get steamrolled. It's over. Cliff, honestly, Cliff's, Cliff's career as the Cardinals head coach probably be over too. Uh, so, uh, let's run through some Sunday games, a couple of them that kind of stand out here. Obviously Giants Eagles, big implication here for the Eagles. Now Eagles trying to win every game. This game's at home. I'm pretty sure every single game now for the Eagles is at home finishing out the season. I, wait, no, one more. I don't, I think is on the road. Pretty great though. I mean, fuck the Eagles have a chance to try to lock up a seventh seed. Uh, this is an early, early game window in Philadelphia. I don't see how the Giants win this football game. Uh, Their front seven of the Eagles is so good. The front five is so good. Who are the Giants going to roll out at quarterback? Mike Glennon. I mean, it's a divisional game. You really never know what can happen. These kind of battle out. But uh, Rams at Vikings. Vikings have to have a win here. Vikings fall to this one. They go to seven and eight. I think their chances at that wild card spot are, are probably done. And the Rams win this game. And the Cardinals lose. There you go. First place in the NFC West. That's... Huge implication game, also an early game in Minnesota. Uh, and then probably the game of the day one of them I mean, the game that I'm really excited for Bills traveling to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. I, I, I this is an early game, weather should be okay. I think the Bills in a big spot here, desperation could get this win. I, I thought, I thought, you know, this was my pick Patriots win in, in Buffalo, Buffalo wins in New England. That's what I said. That's what that, that the first part happened. Let's see if the second part's gonna happen. Patriots need to win, though. I mean, it's not like you know they lost to the Colts on Saturday, and it wasn't. They didn't get their ass kicked, but the Colts got them a little bit. And Mac Jones has some limitations. And Mac Jones is not gonna throw three passes in this football game, folks. He's gonna have to throw more than that. It's gonna be a little bit better weather. Early game, nice, t- nice kickoff time. Should be good. Should be good weather. I just the Bills. I think the Bills jump up and get this, and they need to. They lose, the, I mean, because if they lose, the, it's over. The division's over. If they lose, the division is over, and they'll be a wild card team. Maybe. Ravens and Bengals, another huge game, another divisional rivalry game. For first place in the NFC, just like the Bills and Patriots, for first place in the NFC. I mean, for NFC, I keep saying. AFC East and, and AFC North. First place. First place here for these divisions. A, a, hard-fought battle. Ravens got to jump back. Lamar should be back. The Bengals got to get healthy. Joe Burrow, that finger, get rest. It's at home. That defense needs to show up. Uh, Big game here, I think. Uh, Bucks at Panthers. Not really something. I think the Bucks get right. Even without some guys, they need to. If the Panthers jump up and beat them here, the Bucks can slip fast. They'll be the fourth seed if the Cardinals can maybe somehow struggle together some wins. Uh, I talked about this game earlier. Steelers and Chiefs. Steelers and Chiefs. It's a late game. It's at Arrowhead. This is this chiefs are playing best football chiefs and the packers they're playing the best football in the nfl right now steelers they got to come into arrowhead they got to come in firing hot and ready to go they can't start that slow they got to try to get some points in the first quarter they cannot have zero points the amount of times the steelers have put up zero points in the first quarter it's it, or only three points in the first half you need more than that you got to try to cause some turnovers Put some pressure on Mahomes. Get your offense to move a little bit. Get Najee working. Huge, huge AFC game here. And Monday Night Football. Dolphins-Saints. How about the Saints being on two primetime Sunday night, then Monday night? This is a huge football game for the Dolphins here, folks, and for the Saints. These two teams, they want to make the playoffs. Whoever wins is eight wins. Whoever wins is going to be eight and seven. And it could very well be the Miami Dolphins. But after the Saints, after that showing against Tampa Bay, now, how do you not, how do you not go for the Saints here? Saints, they'll be, they'll be eight and seven. They'll be in the seventh spot. I don't think Washington beats beats Dallas. Not with Garrett Gilbert. I mean, if Heineke's back, I think they got a chance. Or Garrett, Garrett Gilbert was he on the Washington? Or no, yeah, I don't know. I, what? I can't even get through these freaking third-string quarterbacks anymore. I Can't even go through them anymore. But we got a decent slate. A decent slate. No more buys, folks. What is it? Eight early games. One. Hold on. Sorry. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight early games and three late games. Sunday night game, Monday night game. We got Christmas Day games. We got the Thursday night game. Week 16 is jam-packed and loaded, folks. I hope everybody has a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, only podcast of the week here, folks. I'll come right back at you next week after that Monday night game. Uh, that, maybe the Dolphins win that game, and they win seven in a row, and they're eight and seven. Happy you know happy holidays, merry Christmas, happy boxing day to my Canadians. I, I, know, I you know I see the demographic. You know, I got Canadians up there, you know, happy boxing day up there and up in the old great white north. Enjoy your family, enjoy the holidays, enjoy your weekend, have have some great time watching some football. Be safe, have a good one. I'll talk to everybody next week. Merry Christmas. Peace.